0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: With me today, I have Kelsey Banky. Kelsey's a CFP with us at Stirk Financial. Hi, Kelsey. Hey, Mary. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Well, very good. So, let me tell you a little bit about why I care about financial planning. Um, Really, it stems from my own background. And um, a lot of you may know my story, but many of you may not. Um, By the time I was 19, I was already a divorced single mother, two kids under the age of two. And uh, we lived in low-income housing. We uh, lived on welfare check. And I bought my groceries with food stamps. In fact, I have a very vivid memory of... Um, not having any furniture in my low rent apartment and there was a citywide um, cleanup day where people could put all their junk out on the curb. And for me, that was like my shopping day because I could go around and find furniture that people didn't want. And I found a big um, couch that had a giant hole in the middle of it. <laughs> I picked that up and brought it home and stuffed blankets in it and put blankets over it so it didn't feel like you were sitting on a hole. And by God, we finally had a couch. So, I mean, we really lived in a situation that was tough financially. And I looked around me and I realized that a lot of people had been in that financial cycle for years and years. And I also made a decision that I did not want to keep my children and myself in that very difficult downward financial spiral for the rest of our lives. Just because I had been a teenager who had gotten pregnant, I did not want to define the rest of my life as a statistic because of that decision that I had made. So I knew that I needed to learn about money and I needed to learn about how money worked in order to be able to figure out how to get out of that situation. So I started going to um, night school and correspondence school. I eventually got my certified financial planning designation and all the licenses to work with money and financial planning became a true passion of mine. And I, I learned some really, really valuable lessons along the way. I think that the most valuable lesson I learned really created the money philosophy that I have that we do all of our financial planning with. And and this is the philosophy. Money is not about the material things that it can buy you. Money is not about the feeling of happiness or uh, safety or things like that, that that it can create. The only thing that money really does is is it buys you choices because you know Kelsey when you have no money your choices are very limited, right? Absolutely. Yep. You, don't, you, get, you get basically what you can afford and that's it. That's right. But when you have some money, you can choose how to put that money to work for you to create the life that you want to live. And so that's what money does. Money buys choices. And the ultimate goal of any good financial plan is really to align the money that you have with the life you want to live. And any financial person can come back and give you graphs and charts and performance numbers and all that stuff. And that's all good and well, and we do that too. But not all financial planners can really understand what's important to you in your life. What are the big dreams that you have out there that you want to create for yourself? And then help align the money that you have in order to support that life that you want to create. So that, in an essence, is why financial planning matters to me and what is really the crux of a good financial plan. So let's talk a little bit about you know what the actual financial planning process looks like so Kelsey tell us a little bit about how it starts.
2: Sure the the financial planning process starts with just an initial meeting in it and it's the goal of that meeting is to talk about what are both sides of the arrangement providing and what are they going to get out of this so as a customer um, and, and seeking a financial planner's advice and, and information. We want to understand your goals. We want to understand your objectives and what do you want your future to look like? And part of that is understanding where you're at right now, um, but where where are you wanting to go and where are you trying to get to? And everybody's idea of retirement is completely different. Um, so it is a question and a conversation that we need to have and, and to discuss. And we we also want to identify: can we bring value to you in your goals and objectives? And is what we do in financial planning is that truly what you're looking for? Is that is that going to be um, the benefit that you, that you need at that time?
1: There's a really interesting tie in also to how people were raised and then what their current attitudes are about money. So a lot of times we'll ask people, you know, what were some of your early money memories or what was money like for you growing up? And I can usually gain a lot of information about somebody's attitude towards money just simply with how they were raised. You know, if they were raised in a situation where they were poor and they didn't know where their next meal was gonna come from, I generally can know that that making sure you protect the money that you have built up is gonna be a really important factor. Some people were raised where there was plenty of money that they lived in a a semblance of abundance. And generally speaking, the protection's not as important to them. They're a little bit more focused maybe on the growth potential of things and a little bit more willing to take some risk. So we really try to dig into not only what is important to you about money and what do you want to create in your life and what those goals are, but we also try to understand the psychology of why you feel the way that you do about money Because it's within those conversations that we can customize financial planning for someone. That's how you make your plan be your plan versus just a generic financial piece of advice that anybody can follow. All right, so after you meet with an advisor and you really get out on the table everything that you're trying to do, where you're at, things like that, then the next step is to do the data gathering. We call this the discovery process where we have people bring in as many of the financial documents that connect in their lives as possible. So what are some of the different types of documents people bring in?
2: Oh, it's it's everything. It's bank statements, investment statements. It's uh, proof of insurance so we can review uh, the limits you have set up and the deductibles and make sure that there's not any uh, risk management holes there. It's life insurance policies uh social security statements, pay stubs, uh we have a whole list of things that's important and and some of the things may not make sense on why we're asking for them, but there is a purpose to it. And we have to make sure everything ties together to uh create this plan and, and the more data we can gather, the better the plan can be. And this is actually probably the the meeting that I find the most interesting um, and we have people come in very very organized and this is something that they find interesting and we have people that are like this is not what I want to spend my time doing and they literally bring up bring a box or a duffel bag of, of documents in and that's okay that's, here, go through it. that's okay that's that's what we're here to do is to uh, to help sort through that and to help make sense of all these different pieces of your life and help bring them all together and show how they all work together to get you to your goal
1: right because generally speaking by the time somebody's ready to do an actual financial plan they are a little bit further in life, right? They've got a number of different accounts. Things might be scattered out all over the place. And it made sense at the time to do what you wanted to do. So maybe you had a 401k from an old job. Maybe you had a brother who used to be an investment advisor. And so you've got an account over here, but he's no longer in the business, but you just left it there. But most of the time, by the time people walk into our doors, they have accounts scattered all over the place. And and while they were good decisions to start with, they don't cohesively mesh with each other and they don't know that are all of the pieces really working together to create the best financial outcome for them. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Now, at a discovery or a data gathering meeting, when you're working with a financial planner who works with a fee, generally speaking, you're going to have to cover at least the first half of your fee at that meeting. So in a financial plan, most of the time you're going to be signing a contract and you're going to have a fee associated with it. And then uh, when you do that data gathering, that's generally speaking where your financial planner will charge at least the first half of the fee.
2: So Mary, why don't you tell our listeners, what what does a plan usually cost? I'm sure that's on everybody's mind.
1: Yeah. So there's a range and it depends on how complex your situation is, but a financial plan can generally range anywhere from $500 to about $5,000 to do a plan. And when you come in to talk to a planner the first time and you kind of explain your situation, they will quote you a fee to tell you what your plan is likely to cost. And it's all dependent on how much time they think it's going to be taking them to work on and um, how... how complex your situation is. You know, if you're a business owner, you own multiple businesses and there's lots of different complexities to your situation, or let's say you're a dual citizen or something like that, your complexity levels higher, it will require more time. So your fee will be more towards the top end of the range. If you only have a few accounts and uh, things are a little bit more simplified and you really just want to understand how it's going to work for you going forward, your fee might be on the lower end of that range. So in the data gathering and the discovery type of meeting, what you can expect is to go over all of the information about where you're at, what accounts you have, why you've done what you've done, um, and then handle the contract and the fee itself. Um, I also want to make mention that we do have a great seminar coming up that is uh, helpful for people who are doing financial planning, especially if you're in the process of doing financial planning for someone who's not yourself. So our seminar coming up on April 14th is about assisting aging parents with their finances, and it's all about strategies for how to best help manage them. So give us a call at 605-217-3555 or go to our website at strictfinancialservices.com and uh, sign up for that seminar.
0: Congratulations to Mary Stirk and the team at Stirk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists: Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and Forbes Top Women in Wealth for five years running.
2: So, Mary, we've we've been talking about the different kinds of uh, the fee in this planning, and you said that the fee fee based advisors work in this way. How is that different from the way that other advisors work?
1: That is a great question. So. You've probably heard the term fee-based advisor before, and um you may have even heard the term hybrid advisor before and, and undoubtedly you've heard the term investment advisor before but the difference really is in how someone makes their their money as an advisor so someone who works on commissions that means that they have to sell you a financial product before they can generate any revenue so their job or their agenda is to sell you a financial product um Generally speaking, a lot of times just a straight financial advisor or an investment advisor doesn't have to actually take what's called fiduciary duty, meaning that legally speaking, fiduciary means that that somebody puts your goals and objectives before their own. And you'd think that would be inherent in any um, relationship, but if someone works strictly on commission, then the fiduciary duty is not actually there. So I think that's important to know. A fee-based advisor is someone who charges a fee uh, to work with you based on their time, on their wisdom, on their expertise, and you pay a fee for that time. You pay a fee for a plan, and it depends. Either it can be an hourly fee or it can be a flat fee for the financial plan. Generally speaking, anybody who's a certified financial planner or anybody who is a fee-based planner carries that fiduciary duty and has that as an inherent part of the relationship. There's also something that's called a hybrid advisor. And I actually think the hybrid financial planner is probably the best type of situation for people. And the reason I say that is because there are certain financial programs and products out there that are only sold on commission. And there are certain products and programs out there that are only dealt with somebody on a fee. And so if someone is hybrid, it means that they can reach into both worlds and really help select the type of investment plan for somebody that is the best for them, regardless on what side of it that sits on. And as long as they carry the fiduciary duty, which the hybrid advisors do, as long as they disclose how expenses and compensation works, then it really opens up the entire world of all types of investment vehicles that are effective for people to use to the clients that they're working with. So that's really kind of the, the way that it works. Excellent. So, okay, let's keep going with the financial planning. After the discovery meeting, your financial planner is going to take all the information back and they're going to compile it into a plan. And they're going to come back um, and give you some information in your plan. They're going to give you something that's written. Now, we call this the clarity breakthrough meeting because you're going to get really, really clear on here's where you are. And if you don't change anything, this is what it looks like long term, which can kind of be very eye-opening and fascinating. But the other thing that we do inside the Clarity Breakthrough meetings is we say, okay, well, if this is not where you really want to be then here are some other scenarios that we can look at. And we call them what if scenarios. So what if you did this? What if you retire early? What if you work a couple more years? What if you sell your company? What if you get an inheritance? What if you saved more? How much would you need to save, you know, to hit your goals? So there's all kinds of fun what if scenarios to see what would need to happen to create the outcome that aligns more closely with the life that you're trying to set up for yourself. So when you go through a financial plan, let us outline for you what the actual things are that a financial plan is going to cover. So what what does one start out with, Kelsey?
2: We always want to start out with a net worth statement. And, and that is simply where are you at? What do you have? Right. Whose name is it in? How is it invested? Um, it can even go as far as to assume a, a rate of return on it. Um, but it's, it's where are you at now? Because you can't figure out where you're going if you don't know where you're at right now. Uh, In addition to that, we'd like to look at an asset allocation. So um, just having investments is not enough. You need to have investments in the right places. And so, again, it's a, a snapshot of where are you at, what uh, sectors of the market you, are you invested in? And does that align with your risk tolerance level? Because if uh, you're telling us you're a conservative uh, investor, but you have a really aggressive risk tolerance, that is something that needs to be addressed. That is a, a risk that you aren't uh, wanting to take. And so we need to make sure that uh, we're aware of where exactly are you at with your asset allocation.
1: So, in that asset allocation kind of segment in a plan, generally speaking, your financial planner is going to show you here's how you're allocated and here's how the ideal allocation should be and then help you build a bridge to get from where you are to how your allocation should be. And let me tell you, this is the most, one of the most impactful parts of a financial plan because it really can create a different outcome for you. It is also the easiest piece to fix and I I think that should give people a lot of confidence to think about that because once you get some education about well how do you just restructure a few things to tweak them to get into the right risk levels and also to know what are the good the bad and the ugly of the investments that you're in are they good investments are they junky investments are they average investments once you know that and can make tweaks that make sense for you it can make all the difference in the world i just did a financial plan for someone yesterday and i was showing them that you know if they made a 5% rate of return you know in retirement that this is what they would have for income during retirement. It was barely enough. And then I showed them, if you make a 6% return, they had like a million and a half dollars left over at the end of their plan. Wow. (laughs) It was a legacy. (laughs) A 1% return over, you know, 40 years can make just a Giant difference in money, and and I'm not saying that a financial planner can guarantee you a, a higher return. But what I am saying is, if you know that some of your investments are poor and you can tweak out of them, it gives you a fighting chance to be in something that can try to earn the best investment returns possible. That's what asset allocation section is all about. Now, the next thing that we often look at is the. Um, Retirement planning, and that's again where here's where you're at. If you don't change anything, this is how it lies out. This is the income you can expect to live on in retirement. And then, uh, if that's not really looking that great to you, then here's what you need to do with these what if scenarios to look at different things. And you know, we get a lot of feedback when we do the retirement section. I think that's people's favorite part. I would
2: say so too. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to see it all play out and. Um, I remember a plan that we did a while back and, uh, these people were, um, people who had farmed in the eighties and they just got started and in in the eighties when that crisis was happening. And so they have lived their whole lives being very conservative, um, having lots of insurance and making sure they're always protected and working, um, between the two of them, four jobs, um, and, and just very, very, um concerned about not having enough money. And when we did a financial plan and showed them all of this work you've done all of your life, this is how it's going to pan out. uh, It it helped them to relax a little bit and realize I don't I don't have to work four jobs my whole life. I will be able to retire at some point. So uh, it's very rewarding uh, part of the plan.
1: Well, the big two questions that everyone has, and I'm sure that our listeners can relate to this is will I make it? You know, is there going to be enough for me to make it? The other thing people really worry about is, do I have any financial blind spots? And this type of planning is going to allow you to uncover them if you have them and give you the ability to make the changes necessary to avoid, you know, issues in the future related to them. Okay, in the financial plan, if you have children or grandchildren that are going to go to college, a financial plan can also encompass cost of college, how to save for college, things like that. It's also going to go into a survivorship section, and survivorship means what if your spouse passes away. So, what if your spouse passes away? How does their financial future lay out for them? And um, you know, a financial plan is really going to delve into what your goals are. If you lose a spouse, how much insurance do you need? Maybe you have too much. We oftentimes tell people they can cut back on their insurance because they've they've built up enough assets to cover things. Um, So we go through and figure out exactly how much insurance someone needs, evaluate the insurance policies they have to see if they're still the right type and the right kind, and also determine if there's any insurance gaps in somebody's planning where something can kind of reach out and grab you. Um, And then the last piece that the financial plan really gets into is the estate planning. So looking at your estate planning documents, Going over any wills or trusts that you have, networking with your attorneys to make suggestions for any changes that are necessary, and then uh, making sure that all those estate planning documents are, are set up and, and well done. And of course, as part of that, you're always going to get information, like I said, on the good, the bad, and the ugly, the quality of the actual investments that you're using. Now, a good financial planner is going to wrap it all together with what we call a navigation strategy, which is all of the step-by-step things that that they think you need to do to get all of your ducks in a row. And I think that once you get all of this information and you have your action plan on what to do going forward, you can actually be very confident in making financial decisions because you're making them from a place of education and knowledge and clarity. So uh, we do have a great giveaway. We have a piece that we put together called Designing and Managing an Investment Portfolio. So give us a call at 605-217-3555 and request that information on how to design and manage your own investment portfolio. And of course, if you'd ever like to contact us about uh, setting up that first meeting to talk about financial planning, we'd sure love to visit with you. You're listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and we hope that you all can create a dynamic financial plan for yourself
0: the views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein investing is subject to risks including loss of principal invested past performance is not a guarantee of future results no strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss Please note that individual situations can vary, therefore the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice you should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors List includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data. Rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The word is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.